Hello, I'm Joshua Vickery. And I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. From the Heart, with a capital A-R-T. Yes, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) How are you, my friend? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am really fantastic. You know, I have to tell you, I just so enjoy talking to David Schilhammer with the Inzion Theater last week. Yes. And I told him that I was going to come see a movie, and I did that night. I, I meant went, to ask you. Yeah, I did it. I went and saw um, Will You Be My Neighbor or Won't You Be My Neighbor, the story of Fred Rogers. Yes. And I just forget what a jewel that theater is to our community. And it was just, you know, from the the Eden Bar <laughs> beforehand, uh, there was a couple other art leaders there that we got a, you know, just a happy hour drink. And then we went over and, and got the tickets. They do take movie pass, which is exciting. Yes, we learned that An here. independent film uh, hall. And then um, just the way that it's set up, all the couches, and mm-hmm. it's so comfortable. The food was excellent. And so you had dinner during the yeah, movie, too? Yeah, I had dinner. Nice. Yeah, it was really great. So I just wanted to just mention that I, I went to actually went to the Inzion. And you said you were going to go that yeah, night. Yeah, so we were encouraging our guests to go, and I encouraged myself to go. So <laughs> it, it I enjoyed work. last week with David. That was yeah. a wonderful conversation. And it's been fun to see his journey coming from the Orlando Philharmonic yes. over to to the Inzion and what he's doing there and the and the strength that he's bringing to that organization yes. as they go into this major capital campaign. So mm-hmm. pretty exciting. And we have great news today to share with all of you art lovers out there or those that are getting exposed to the arts through this show or through other avenues. But we have successfully here in Orange County raised um, the level of arts funding uh, back up to a dollar per capita. And that is a very big deal, and it's been a very long fight. Uh, after the recession, uh, it went down to 50 cents, and then it was raised to 57 cents four years ago. So uh, now going from 57 cents to a dollar per capita is about $542,000 more nice. of, of general operating support what for you, local arts organizations. What do you attribute that decision, um, what pushed it over for them to make that decision? I think actually it was probably an alignment of of really the ask. Uh, so there is a, a committee that I actually get to serve on called the Orange County Arts and Cultural Advocacy Committee mm-hmm. that's mostly citizen-led uh, that then has art leaders and, and and has a commissioner representative. But it was really citizen-driven this time. Beautiful. So we elevated um, you know high-profile citizens mm-hmm. in our community to speak on behalf of the arts community instead of the arts community coming and asking for the funding. Sure. It really was a, a mind uh, switch, a, kind of a, a different way of aligning that message. And it worked. Yes. And the mayor, Mayor Jacobs, and the commissioners, we thank you and we applaud you, um, you. for v- all unanimously voting yes uh, to this dollar per capita raise. It's been on the docket for uh, about nine years. Uh, and so it's been it's a huge win for everyone. It really is. And you know what I love is the fact that it's arts advocates that did it. Because sometimes when someone else speaks on your behalf or on anyone's behalf, it means more. It's not just you saying, I mm-hmm. need, we need. It's someone else going... Here, this is what we need as a as a society, as a community. Um, we need to help these people because they're helping us, and mm-hmm. they they have that perspective. Yeah, and in the day of the public comments, you know, because all these meetings are public, the day of the public comments, we we intentionally had only citizens and community leaders speak. Uh, there were no art leaders mm. or kind of the art establishment. Mm-hmm. We did not speak, and so it was powerful. Wow. I mean, the chambers resonated with comments. Um, from citizens who said, this is something as a county we have to do. We have to step up 
and and you know bring back this funding so it was pretty pretty powerful mm-hmm. big win so Congratulations. everyone that's listening if All you don't us. mind reach out to our mayor and our commissioners and thank them for restoring um the dollar per capita yes. funding and you can do that on instagram you can do it on yeah your social Twitter, media you can email you can Facebook. call yep go to um, ocfl.net and there you can find email addresses and phone numbers for all of our commissioners uh, and, of course, the mayor's office. So exciting stuff. Well, you know, we always... Mary, do you have anything that you want to... No, let's keep moving on. I'm, okay. I'm enjoying hearing what you're saying, and I'll <laughs> add in if I have it. I mean, it's arts funded. It's not, it's exciting, but it's not like super exciting. Uh, but we have a great show today, and we are so very lucky to bring to light the stories of, of our arts organizations here in Central Florida and their leadership um, and we usually have a local or state conversation. And today I'm excited because we're going to have a national conversation. And this is new for us, uh, which is very, very cool. So on on the show today we have, and we'll be very honest, I wish she was here in the studio with us, but she's not. But even cooler, she's joined us from Washington, D.C. So welcome to the show, Catherine Dahoney, the president and CEO of Chorus America. Hello, Catherine. Hello. I wish I were down there, too. Uh, <laughs> welcome. Well, we actually, we, we got a bigger studio, Catherine. So when we first started this radio show, it was Mary and I. Uh, we were in separate studios. Mary's with the guest, and I was on the other side of the window talking. Now we have a studio <laughs> that has actually six microphones and six chairs. So there we, would have been plenty of space for you. We've had like exactly. eight, ten people in here at different times. It's th- that large. People yeah. were standing, but we had them here. Awesome. Well, Catherine, tell us a little bit about Chorus America and your mission and what you do as the CEO. Certainly. Thanks so much. I really appreciate this. So Chorus America is an uh, education, leadership, and advocacy organization for leaders of choral music organizations in North America. And I would say the bulk of our membership tend to be those choruses that are operating as nonprofit organizations in the art, you know, an arts, performing arts organization in a community. And they are facing the challenges not only of being a nonprofit and what nonprofits face, but also uh, their place in the arts and culture fabric of the community and the nation. So we were founded about 40 years ago, uh, and we have, oh gosh, I guess about 1,600 members. Uh, we probably serve about 6,000 people directly through those memberships, and then many others through our website and our uh, social media and that sort of thing. Yeah, you have you have such a, a huge reach. You know, I had the privilege of joining Chorus America almost two years ago, CFC Uh Arts did, and um, I went to the last two conferences. You gave me an excuse to go to Los Angeles, so thank you for that first. Uh, (laughs) And then just got back from Chicago, and you know, there's, um, Mary, and I've shared, actually, Catherine, I've shared about this on the radio show already, just how um, innovative the, the work, the breakout groups are, and um, the large, you know, times together that are kind of the focus er- for the conference. Um, but talking about diversity and equity and inclusion, and I even uh, was sharing with Mary about last year how you had the the whole panel on transgender voices and wow. just really, and you're really citizen. You said something about yeah, it was an older aging. Person. Yeah, yeah. So really doing great work. And the conference is kind of one of the flagship things that you do. And that's an opportunity for people to come together and learn, but also network. Is that a big part of what you do? That is, absolutely. I think uh, one of our most important services is 
bringing the coral field together, the leaders uh, to work with all the other choruses and share best practices and learn from each other. The choral music community is pretty interesting because it is truly diverse in every sense of the word. And most of the organizations, I would say, are small budget, but it ranges very broadly. Um, Josh, your organization is probably one of our largest budgets, and as is, you know, the the wonderful choruses such as the Los Angeles Master Chorale and the, um, you know, Chicago Symphony Chorus and those kind of things. And in between are all sorts of different sized budget organizations. But it's a very generous field in terms of sharing expertise and experience and best practices. And I think the conference is our flagship program every year. We also have uh, a wonderful magazine that um, highlights great work and what's going on in the performing arts world in general. And then webinars, and uh, we do. Every, we also do things like we go into a community and we hold a field meeting where we bring the local choral community together. And actually, we're doing one in Orlando in October. Mm. Um, yeah, October fourth. And nice. we'll invite all the choruses we can possibly get our hands on to come together, uh, their leadership, and talk, meet each other, talk about issues facing them. Um, Does it culminate in a concert? Uh, not typically. Usually it's a it's sort of like a professional development gathering. Mm. I suppose it could. <laughs> <laughs> and where are you I hosting that at? We are uh, going to be identifying a location. It might be with you. Yeah, that was going to say, sign us up. We'll help you. <laughs> Your radio studio. We'll have yeah. it right there. But um, we are uh, looking for a location in Orlando, but we're planning to do that. Um, we, we're going to be holding another meeting in Miami later that week. We're sort of hitting Florida. Nice. Because ultimately our national conference will be in Florida on uh, in 2020. Oh, oh very exciting. Oh. So, very yeah, exciting. Yeah. So uh, we bring it all over the country. It'll be in Philadelphia in 2019 and Miami in 2020. Wow, exciting. You so, mentioned a magazine. How can is that open to is, is it available for the public or is it just for choir directors? Oh, it's a it's a benefit of membership and we certainly can. It's available in libraries. We have quite a big library subscription. Um, service as well, and then we can certainly send issues to people who are interested, uh, but it, it's one of the primary benefits of membership as well, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a beautiful piece. Every um, Liza, does a, Liza Bath, our Vice President for Communications, does a great job, and it really talks about um, a very wide swath of, uh, of topics that are of interest for nonprofit choruses. So um, th- this past issue, there was uh, some discussion of diversity, equity, and inclusion and work going on in that area, um, things like board development and fundraising, but then there's a whole section that highlights what our member choruses are doing, exciting collaborations uh, like documentaries or big community singing events, um, special collaborations with um, health organizations, especially for older adults, um, memory units, and things like that. So, yeah, it's a great it's a great resource for the field. That's awesome. And from the outside looking in, you know, listening, looking at the title Chorus America, mm-hmm. most people would probably think that you spend a lot of your time on the uh, 
really empowering the artistic side, the artistic fulfillment of organizations. But I would gain to say that you probably spend a majority of your time helping with all of those things that you just said, advocacy and board development and diversity and, you know, fundraising plans. And is really you're working on the infrastructure and sustainability of organizations, right? Right. I would say we have a focus. um, That's a that's a really good question, Josh. We do. We were founded, I, I guess why I'm a little hesitating a little bit, we were founded uh, to work uh, around issues related to professional choruses and professional choral singers, paid mm-hmm. singers, mm-hmm. Um, who do absolutely amazing work. And back 40 years ago, the leading professional choruses of the day um, you know, got together to advocate for more support for the field. And originally it was actually to advocate with the National Endowment for the Arts because 40-something years ago the NEA didn't know what to do with choruses. Mm. They didn't know how to fund them. They didn't know how to evaluate the field. So Chorus America came together to advocate for that. Then over the years it evolved and all sorts of other types of choruses are now part of our membership base. And we, I think Chorus America's focus is on elevating the whole field, advocating for the field, and um, as well as for the choral art itself. Um, probably our most direct programs in that way. We have a tradition of conducting master classes that are very uh, unique in some ways. Uh, the one we, it's grown to be a conducting academy now out in Fullerton, California, this, just this past month. And it focuses on choral orchestral conducting for rising, you know, emerging talented choral conductors who really want a full professional career in a community doing the great masterworks and interesting repertoire with chorus and orchestra. What an mm. interesting and calling to that to that specific yeah, job, right? It's fun exactly. And it's uh when you think of the major choral works you tend to see, like the Messiah or B minor box B minor master, whatever, there's an you you have to have skills directing an orchestra. But for many in the choral conducting uh, track, getting their doctorates and their masters, there aren't that many opportunities to work with orchestra. So Chorus America provides that kind of programming to help sort of boost them into a community career, into a professional choral, uh, community chorus career. Oh, wonderful. We're going to get to hear a little bit more about that. In fact, a lot more about it right when we come back. Thank you, Catherine Dahoney. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Chorus America today. We'll be right back on From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt with Joshua Vickery. Welcome back to Magic 107.7 FM. From the heart, I am Mary Thompson Hunt here with Joshua Vickery, and today it is our pleasure to be interviewing Catherine Dahoney. Catherine is here representing Chorus America. She is their CEO and president, and we are so excited that you are here. Thank you. Uh, actually, you're here <laughs> over our phone, but we're, <laughs> it feels like you're right you're here, here with, us. with us. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes you are our guest. Um, Catherine, I wouldn't, we're curious to know a little bit about you and your background. What brought you on this path? What were you like as a child? And were you musical? And when did your interest in choirs begin? That's a, <laughs> I love that question because I, um, 
I grew up singing. I actually could sing before I could talk. Mm. And my family, you know how every family has folk stories about the kids. And mine is that, you know, I would wake up in the morning singing and wake up the family. And I used to get in a ton of trouble. But please don't wake us all up, you know. And I would still sing. There was nothing they could do. So as soon as they could get me into a church choir for toddlers, they put me in. So I would have an outlet for singing. But So I grew up uh, in music, uh, studied piano, sang in choruses and church choirs my whole life, and majored in vocal performance. And I ended up, uh, when I graduated from college, I decided that I really was interested in the arts administration side of things, and I would sing on the side rather than make it my full-time career. But I went straight into, uh, pretty much straight into fundraising, and because I could write, and uh, that's a very big part for all of you poor nonprofits yeah. listening out there. A big part of fundraising is being able to write. Yes. And so I uh, became a fundraiser at the uh, Kennedy Center and then the League of American Orchestras, which is a counterpart organization really to Course America and Opera America and Dance USA, all the other service associations. And then sort of made my way to Chorus America, but I started here as the director of development many years ago. But I've always sung, and uh, even now, you know, I'm always singing in a church choir or, or wherever. I sneak into a piano bar myself sometimes <laughs> to sing the American songbook. Were your parents but, uh, singers? Were they or, or instrumentalists? They were or musical. Or? They were both. My father particularly was very musical. Um, is very musical, I should say, and all my sisters sang. And uh, but I, I'm the only one who went into the uh, the field of music. Um, but we did come from a very musical family with you know New Year's Eve uh, jazz jams and things <laughs> with everybody playing an instrument and that kind of thing. So you studied so, at the College of William and Mary, right? And I you did. you I pursued did. performing in the beginning. Is that and I then. Did. I did. Was it a hard decision for you? I mean, do you remember that journey of saying, I don't think I'm going to continue this professional career performing, but I'm going to be on the other side of it supporting that. Was that a tough decision for you? Did it come natural? It was, it felt better for me. Um, It was, I think it takes a certain personality to really make it as a professional vocalist. And I had one foot in opera and one foot in jazz. Mm. Oh, that's... Time. That's pretty different. And, I mean, there's similarities, yeah. but that's pretty different. <laughs> and, and neither of my teachers appreciate <laughs> I bet. But, but um, it felt better to me to go into the administrative side and then just pick up on, do, do singing on the side for me at a very high level for uh, make it an, um, uh, not my um, vocation, but my avocation. And so I I haven't regretted it. I really haven't. And it's, um, I've had a lot of fun and I've been able to sing at a, a great level and do some really good work helping other organizations. So it was the right choice for me. What you have as a skill is just as rare as someone who can hit the highest notes. And we hear that from many of our guests here who started out in performance, but then found they had this other talent and they felt this calling and this place where they fit where so few do that can right. do what you do. 
And that's pretty amazing. Fundraising, I think, especially fundraising. To this day, my father is like, "You do what?" Right. (laughs) I have to explain it. But yeah, uh, I think that's I think that's true, Mary. Is that um, once I realized I could do fundraising, it's so needed. Okay, so what's the secret? If there's someone out there listening and they go, "Well, I want I want to be a fundraiser for blah blah," what's the secret to fundraising? (laughs) You know. a couple of things. Being, uh, I think writing is a key one because so much. Is okay, you keep saying writing. Life. What do you mean by that? I mean being having old-fashioned writing skills where you actually are. You know, you've you've listened to your English and your grammar teachers in your day okay. and can actually write, but also that you have the ability to link sort of uh, uh, to create a case for support that's a story, an engaging story. Yeah, can I jump and, in there with you, Catherine? Because Mary course. will love this. But a great fundraiser is a fantastic storyteller. Mm, and yeah. and that, you know, in when you're verbally, when you're pitching your organization, your mission in front of people to raise money, but a lot of times in, in when you're writing grants or writing corporate sponsorship proposals, you actually don't get to talk to them face to face. And mm. so you're relying on the words and the narrative to be able to tell the story and do the ask for you. Mm. So right. I just wanted to say, give you a stamp of approval, <laughs> a high no, five I and saying she, she's so right. It, you know, story fundraisers are storytellers. They're artists. Wow. Thank you for that. And, and, and being passionate about what your uh, discussing being passionate about the mission of your organization um donors can sense they just donors can smell people who are not genuine you know Mm -hmm. so um i think really having an authentic being very authentic is an important skill for a fundraiser you know in the coral fielding oh my goodness josh has a million stories there are so many great stories about how choral music has transformed lives and so many people participate in choral singing that it's pretty easy to make that connection. If you're talking to someone who might not be a singer themselves, their mother probably was. Mm, right. <laughs> you know, it's, it's about one, our research showed one in five people in the U.S. sing somewhere every week. Mm. Um, so, and they're just wonderful stories about how, you know, singing became a community activity for someone or really oh, touched them emotionally or you know, gave them hope at a difficult time. So, yeah, it's a great field to, to be working in. And where do you get to perform there in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> well, so right now I've been I've been singing with a church choir, and um, as I said, if, when I have time, I try to go to a piano bar here or there. But um, in the, at, the, at Chorus America itself, many of our staff sing with some of the largest community choruses in the city, um, or and some other interesting groups. I have one of our staff, uh, Mike Rowan, our communications manager, sings I think with three or four choruses. Wow! Washington is a huge choral music town. Of course, and so I imagine a lot of politicians, perhaps the White House or <laughs> Congress performances, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's interesting too. We um, often get asked if we have ever thought about going up to Capitol Hill and starting a chorus. We <laughs> <laughs> try to get you know over. The, the, or across the aisle to cooperate a bit more. And um, 
we haven't yet cracked that nut, but we've heard that one of our members is going to give it a shot. Oh, I love that. Well, we do hear that the happiest people are those that sing in choir. So we need a little bit of that on Capitol Hill, don't you think? (laughs) I'm thinking of 1776. Sit down, John, sit down. You know, I was just thinking, you know how they had Hands Across America? What if it was Choir Across America? We're, oh, see. Uh, just a yeah. thought. We'll, we'll talk later. Well, there have <laughs> yeah, been some okay. virtual what choir is... um, experiences. Like I know Eric Whitaker, who was at the conference yes. in Los Angeles, has done that before, right, Catherine? Just kind yes, of a, yeah. a virtual experience he, where people could come together and sing. those. Absolutely. Well, actually, and I should mention this because it is so interesting and I've never heard anything like it. Uh, he's actually involved in something called Big Sing California that's happening on Saturday where it's uh, the L.A. Master Chorale has linked, oh gosh, uh, big regions of California um, as satellite sites, and they're doing a big community sing. Wow. Um, That's very cool. Virtually with those sites and with a sold-out house, basically, in Disney Hall. Um, And they've put the repertoire online, and anybody in the country can participate. Well, how can can we see that or participate, watch it, or whatever? Uh, Let's see. If you go to, I'll find it. And if you need to let us know at the top of the next segment, we can ask you that, too. But I think, I know I would, and I imagine a lot of our listeners were. That's a very special one-time event. It's um, lamasterchorale.org slash Big Sing California. You can, you can just go on the lamastercrowd.org website and find it. Um, so, yeah, and it's exactly getting at what you say. It's trying to connect, in this case, a whole state, but they've now, and they've, they're going to be digitally live streaming it, and they've made it possible for anybody who wants to to sing along, which will be very interesting. Oh, and one that. more time, when is it? It's uh, Saturday the 21st. Wow, it's coming up. And it's 2 o'clock Pacific time, so 5 o'clock Florida time. Very cool. And I'm sure it'll still be on YouTube even after it's been there live. Absolutely. And Eric Whitaker is the host. Oh, nice. And he has a lot of experience with this virtual, putting virtual choirs together, so... Very cool. Well, one one of the neat things about your job is that you get to be aware of and then highlight some neat programs or collaborations or innovative things that are happening across North America with choirs. Is there any stories that you want Central Florida to know about um, of some neat things that are happening out there? I mean, I'm sure there's so many, but a couple that you want to highlight? Sure. You know, there are, uh, there are so many. There's, I think what we've seen that are so interesting are um, choruses partnering with um, different social service agencies to bring out an issue that the community is facing or, um, you know, uh, try to support another type of work in health or emotional health or physical health. And there's like wonderful programs at uh, McPhail School of Music Mm. in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. Um, They, like Josh, like... um, like your organization as well, have a choir for senior citizens, and they also have an Alzheimer's choir. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, that is very successful and is a model program that we uh, we always kind of point to that program as well. Minneapolis is a hotbed of choral music. It is, types, yeah, it's so. awesome. <laughs> so you can um, definitely uh, get some good examples there. Um, what is we it that heard of? A, Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, my, I was, oh, no. mine was a little off the topic, so you keep going. Oh, 
I was going to mention, although I'm going to forget the name of it now, we've of course America has an awards program, and we highlight uh, outstanding work, especially in education school um, uh, partnerships between community choruses and schools. Uh, to, to support music educators and to try to build the pipeline of choral singers, particularly for underserved populations. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a really interesting program um, in Colorado, in Denver, that uh, the um, Colorado Children's Chorale, it's an offshoot of that program, where one of their assistant music director has set up a community program for teens who would maybe not ordinarily think to join a chorus where they get together, they sing, they partner with hip-hop hip -hop artists and other performing artists mm -hmm. um, and uh, get these kids uh, an opportunity to sing together in ways that really appeal to them and speak to them and the, and the culture they know mm. um, with you know, the coolest music they might be hearing on the radio or whatever uh, translated into opportunities for them to sing together. So it's, there's lots of interesting things like that going on. Um, choruses are a really great tool for that. Very cool. We have so much more to share with you and to talk to you about with Catherine Dahoney from Chorus America in Washington, D.C. So thanks for listening and joining us here on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. We'll be right back. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt here with my astute, sagacious, and erudite co-host Joshua Vickery. As we, talk I'm gonna have to go look those up now, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> and we're so happy to be talking with Catherine Dahoney all the way here from Washington D.C. via telephone, but still she's with us, uh, telling us all about Chorus America and what you do there, which is so fascinating and. I was looking at your vision, the transformation of communities through the power of singing together. And that word transformation, talk to us about that. What kind of transformation have you heard audiences say or witnessed or even some of your choral members? Absolutely. So I think, you know, if you think about big events that happen in our, in our nation or in uh, North America or other nations, almost always there's a component that involves choral music. You know, uh, times of sadness, times of joy, um, the Olympics, you know, you name it. Uh, choral singing together is a very, uh, it's a very powerful, kind of a very powerful emotional connection because singing is so close to what it means to being human. It's such a part of us. And uh, Chorus America hears stories all the time, certainly individuals who have been their lives have been transformed by being part of a chorus. Um, and then you also equally opportunities for um, choruses to join with other organizations um, to really sort of drive home an emotional point or to bring the community together at a time where unity is important. Getting people to sing together sort of seals the deal, if you will. Mm. Um, one of the things uh, Chorus America is known for is research. And we did a study called the um, Intrinsic 
um, audience intrinsic benefits study, and it looked at what audience are get is getting are getting out of different types of choral music performances, and the areas of like emotional resonance, intellectual stimulation, um, social bridging and bonding. And this research actually is a great tool for choruses because they can say, okay, if I do a performance um, of uh, classical, um, something like that, like Handel's Messiah, um, this is the kind of reaction I can expect from my audience. And so that will affect how I might market the program and what we might do before or after to build our audience and build our audience engagement because we know that they're going to get quite a bit of emotional resonance out of this and it links to, you know, their holiday traditions or whatever. And social bridging and bonding for something like a community sing or something in honor of uh, the Martin Luther King holiday where you might be bringing in diverse choruses all together for that. You can expect a social and bonding and bridging um, benefit to that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was uh, a piece of research we did in 2009, and we're updating this later this summer. We'll send out the survey research again that showed choral singers have characteristics that make them particularly valuable citizens. Mm. Their civic engagement characteristics and um, uh, social capital, they used to call it social capital, um, the, this research showed that people who sing in choruses tend to volunteer their time more, give, give more money, they're more philanthropic, um, run for public office at a higher rate than the general public, uh, tend to have people over for dinner <laughs> more frequently, that they are sort of uber citizens. So it makes choruses uh, sort of a secret weapon, if you will, in um, building communities and um, uh, really uh, helping communities to become strong. You know, I would have to and, say I completely 100% agree with that. And I don't know why. Maybe you can mm -hmm. share some line of that because, you know, I have the privilege of leading a multidisciplinary organization. And although we have orchestras and youth programs where families are engaged, we have programs for seniors or all, all different theater and all of that. But our most, the anchor of the organization continues to be the members of the choir. They are the most generous mm -hmm. in giving. They're the most generous in their volunteer time. They're the most passionate about their program area. They're the most right. connected and engaged outside of performance times. You know, they, they continue to do community and life together. But what right. makes them different? <laughs> And it begs to offer which creates which. Yeah. Is it that personality right. that wants to go sing, or is singing creating the personality? Mm. Yeah, personality. There's, uh, we are aware of more and more science re scientific research in health and uh, psychological health and physical health that shows there's this crazy uh, benefit to choral singing. It affects your heart rate. It releases endorphins. It, so Can you lose weight? Question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it hasn't helped me too much, Mary. So. No, I, I doubt that. There's a, during snack time, you know, during the break, there's yeah. some serious snacks. But, they, 
but it is a, a very powerful um, art form in that way. And I think um, you can see, I think a lot of the research has focused on older adults for creative aging and healthy aging, but it's having ripple effects throughout. But none uh, of this surprises me because when you think about singing, it you're happy when you sing, even if you're singing a sad song, you're happy for some reason mm-hmm. because you're, mm-hmm. you're this vessel of, of, and you're using your body to make a sound. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and one of the things too about choral singing that's so beautiful is that, and I see this week in and week out, is that in a country that's now so divisive over a multitude of things, not just political, but, you know, faith and all sorts of things, when, when there, when you come together to make music as a choir, all of those things go out the window. Mm. No, nothing matters. You know, you mm. see people of all walks and all the beliefs and all right. backgrounds sitting right. side by side singing the same words and mm. the same sounds out mm. of their mouths. Like, their focus is yeah, on the music. There's just a connection mm-hmm. there that you can't find, you know, in an orchestra, yeah. which is fabulous, but an orchestra tends to segment, right? The trumpets oh, yeah, yeah. are, you know, there's always that soprano alto rivalry, right? But there's that, there's like, there's just something segmented more about, about other disciplines of the performing arts. There's something so unifying and so connecting about choral music. It's just beautiful. I just wrote a peaceful yeah. connection. Mm, I love that. That's what that. it feels oh, like when you sing good. in a choir. Well, and Catherine, yeah. you, um, not to just keep talking about the LA Master Crowd, even though they are just an incredible organization and I fell in love with who they are, getting to know more about them, but you talked yeah. about transformative communities and you talked about um, using choral music as a part of social justice or social service conversations. Yeah. And one of the things that I was yeah. blown away by and we're having it, it, it caused me to have start having that conversation here. Uh, the project they did where they took um, their singers and partnered with the Philharmonic into uh, Skid Row, into Skid Row, which is yeah. the homeless community oh, and creating gosh. homeless choirs and homeless experience. Oh, wow. You know, can you tell us a little bit more? I mean, I remember it, but maybe you can tell us something about what's how that's changing that community. Oh, isn't that that's a great question. Yeah, that. Uh, uh, a gentleman named Vijay Gupta from the L.A. Philharmonic, a, 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 a very talented violinist, um, basically has created this program called the Street Corner Symphony. And it's, um, or is that right? Street, it might not be Street Corner. Oh, well. I'll I think find it's just the right a Street name. Symphony, I think, maybe. Street yeah. Symphony. Yeah. And he, um, he uh, they, he's actually also partnering with a vocal group. Um, that also works with the homeless population in Los Angeles, and they have they have done amazing things there. And they were featured at our conference in Los Angeles last year. That's so. I guess that's what you're talking about, Josh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he is. Uh, he's not the only one going into that space. There's a program in Dallas mm-hmm. for sure, and there's some others. Um, but his is. Uh, just phenomenal and changing lives. It's giving uh, folks hope and actually giving them sort of the impetus to improve their situation mm. because they feel more valued and more like human beings. They're mm. part of things. He's taken the Messiah, uh, performances of the Messiah, and actually they, the um, people who are experiencing homelessness have actually become soloists in performances of the Messiah. Um, so it's a it's a it's classical music, <laughs> and um, and there they are. So it's it's really quite an amazing program. But it's that kind of thing where singing together can reach into areas where other types of interventions might not be able to be as effective. Mm. We're fortunate here in Orlando that, especially with 
this show that our listeners know they can certainly go through Central Florida Community Arts. Um, but if someone wanted to find out from your organization where they could always get in touch with you, I'm sure. What are some of the sure, things you need and that you want our listeners to know? Because our time isn't, we don't have as much time left as, as we had starting in. So what are some, some of your needs? Sure. Thank you. Uh, I'd say there are a couple things that come to mind. Chorus America um, knows that. Uh, in some cases, choruses are small organizations that are being run primarily by volunteers, or they have a wonderful music director who's also wearing a zillion hats. And um, it's hard, sometimes it's hard for them to reach out to us, and it's hard for us to find them. And uh, we would, we just invite everyone to, if you know of a chorus, to please tell them to come and check out our website, chorusamerica.org. Um, and join our work uh, because we need those voices as part of uh, the national conversation, the North American conversation about the impact of choral music. And um, So if they go to your we website and benefit. sign up, then you, they'll be on your mailing list as well? Exactly. They can uh, join as members. They can just ask for more information. Uh, whatever they would like, and all that's available on our website. Um, there's a membership tab, but there's also a general information tab, and any of the staff would be happy to talk with them. Um, and we just know that they're so busy, they may not even think uh, to pick their heads up and look around and become part of a national conversation, and we just invite them to, to, to come join us, and we can help. We have lots of resources. They never have to reinvent the wheel. You we have everything from board bylaws to how to fundraise. I mean, we have all those things. Mm. Um, Do you have and the other uh, thing, choirs uh, that, oh, sorry, go ahead, Mary. Choirs from different organizations that maybe are Hispanic or they speak Creole? I mean, do you different ethnic backgrounds? Well, you know, we are actually, it's part, Course America has a, a, a renewed commitment, I would say, to equity and inclusion. And we are really working proactively to identify more singing ensembles from those kinds of diverse traditions and diverse language backgrounds, ethnic, ethnic traditions um, or repertoire. And um, we would love to connect with any chorus that is working in that way. Um, and when we come to Miami, we're really hoping to work with the Cuban population there and work with singing ensembles. Um, and others. Uh, so yes, we are really excited about that aspect of our work. Um, and I guess the other thing I would say is, you know, check us out. We are a nonprofit. We are an art service association. So we're kind of one step behind all the courses in terms of like we're behind the courses, helping them be successful and lift them up. But we are also a nonprofit and we welcome investment in our work. And we are able to take contributions on the website and again anybody on the staff would be happy to talk with you and there's a big yellow donate tab right on the front of courseamerica.org and i and i get to um, personally recommend this organization because i am a proud member of it and and it really um i was one of those that needed to lift my head up and and get outside of the bubble of central florida and see what's happened on the national level and it's been it's so enlightening and so encouraging and i would i would say to any choruses of all sizes and shapes that are listening because this is a big footprint that here's magic 107 that um truly you do reach and connect to um every single choir i, I had the privilege of 
leading a conversation and a roundtable about jumpstarting organizational growth. And in that mm. small moment, I realized how diverse the choirs are from 20 people, 20 member choirs that are all volunteer and have no idea how to fundraise to professional choirs. So it really is a home for every choral organization. So. Well, and, and Josh and uh, Central Florida Community Arts has become sort of our, our poster child for success. It's, it's an amazing organization. Well, thank you. We, we love uh, what we're doing, and I love our multidisciplinary uh, approach, but our choir, you know, it really is the anchor of the organization. What started you. It, it started us, and it really does lead um, kind of the arts uh, growth conversation here uh, in Central Florida. So, Catherine, it has been a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for all the work that you and your entire staff do uh, to elevate and create awareness and advocacy and education for choruses across America, and uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure chatting thank with you today. You I hope to meet Bye. you in person. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciated the opportunity. Listeners, go check out ChorusAmerica.org. Read the research. Learn about ways that you can plug in. Of course, make a donation. They're doing great work. Mary, it was a pleasure, my I friend. I love today's show. Yeah, I mean, I love talking about choral music, so I'm all jazzed You're and here. excited. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thanks for, for tuning in. And as always, go out and support the arts here in Central Florida. It's super important. We'll see you next week on From the Heart, Magic 107.7 FM.